Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Now, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast, our first episode in 2021. Uh, 2020 was a fun season, minus everything with COVID in between, but uh, we're back. Took a nice month off, you know, had some things going on, but, um, you know, we're back talking fantasy and we're talking dynasty now. It's that time of year where you're trying to get your dynasty leagues intact and ready to go. And over the next about two months or so, we're going to be doing a lot of dynasty on per division. So today we're going to get really get into the AFC East, talk about some of the players and what their values are moving forward. Maybe talk about if you're trying to buy them or sell them and why. And this week, just me and Coach Jibs here. So what's going on, Coach Jibs? What's going on, buddy? It's been a long time, Steve, man. Glad to be back. Honestly, like uh, dynasty isn't my forte, but hey, like I'm in, in it to win it. Uh, I know, like these are the crucial months in dynasty where you buy low on some players, you probably sell high on some guys who overperformed last year. So we're here to give you some of these uh, nice little nuggets of information, so you guys can decide what you're going to do with some of these players that we're going to discuss. But as we start first, AFC East, um, I think the best division. But hey, we got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, we sure do. But before we get into that, guys, we're just going to go over the news real quick. And obviously, we didn't have a chance to really talk about this. Uh, we did have our boy, um, Charlie, write an article about it. Uh, you can check that out on our website. Um, but Matthew Stafford uh, is on the move, and he's going to L.A. while uh, two first-round picks, a third, and Jared Goff are heading to the Lions here now. And Jibs, I mean, first overall here, um, what does Stafford in L.A. do for you in terms of fantasy right now? It does a lot for me because Jerry Koff, like, I was, just, like, kind of, like, touting him last year as the guy, like, that you could probably, like, get in the later rounds of drafts and redraft, and he'll, like, pretty much overperform his, like, ADP, and he definitely did. Like, the guy's mediocre. 20 touchdowns. I don't know what his stats last year for, like, back, but, like, he's basically for veterans, like, barely over a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. We know Matt Stafford's a baller. This guy's thrown for over 5,000 yards a couple times. And he's just been getting draw, um, dropped down in Detroit. He's got that franchise's abomination. Like, they can't get out of their own way. And the Rams with those great skill weapons, the great defense matchup, that was probably not going to have to do much, but just be QB. And Sean McVay was literally babying Jerry Goff just to get him to do stuff. And Matt Stafford is a veteran quarterback. And I think in that Rams system, He's going to fly, and I think it's going to be good things for Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Cam Akers, and just the whole offense in general. Like he probably could get Higby back into being like a consistent tight end, and I, I like the move honestly. Yeah, no, definitely like the move. The Rams are clearly trying to win a championship right now, guys, and. You know, in terms of fantasy, it's definitely a good move, especially if you have the pass catchers and you have, obviously, a guy like Cam Akers. I mean, just having Matthew Stafford there, you're going to get a guy who I think can push the offense downfield. And, and getting a guy like Bob Woods right now and maybe Tyler Higby or someone's are really trying to grab on my fantasy teams right now because, you know, Jared Goff, while he was a mediocre quarterback, just couldn't get the ball downfield. And you saw that with his regression over the last two years. And a guy like Matthew Stafford has been really good at airing the ball deep and I think that's what you're getting again there's some concern with his recent back injuries he's kind of dealt with over the last three seasons but I think you're looking at a guy who can make this Rams offense score more instead of just playing tough defense they're going to be a team who can push the ball downfield and actually score fantasy points which is kind of why I really like this trade again it's slight risk with his age and his injury but um, this team the LA Rams right now looking great uh, but on the flip side of the ball, the Lions obviously got a lot in return. Two future first-round picks, a third-rounder, and Jared Goff. So in terms of Jared Goff now in Detroit, Jibs, um, you know, what does that do for this offense here now? I'm crying, basically. <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, the Lions and their new coaching staff will be able to utilize Jared Goff 
like they do have stud pieces. It's not like Matt Stafford was going from like a, a empty cupboard into a full cupboard. Like he had Hawkinson, he has Galladay, he had Marvin Jones. They're not like as premier like names as the Cooper Cups and the Robert Woods of the world. But Jared Goff is not going to a bad situation at all. I know the offensive line will probably be a little bit subpar there, and they do have. Oh, yeah, DeAndre Swift, so you could utilize him too. So I don't think Jared Goff's going to just fall off the cliff in a fancy kind of output. And it's going to get, in, it's going to take some use to get into like in rhythm with the, I mean, the Lions skill weapons, especially Kenny Galladay. I don't, I, I kind of like had him pegged as like a premier like dynasty asset last year. And I know with injuries and just contract situation and all that good stuff. It may be hard to think Jerry Goff is going to make him elevated, but we also saw Kenny Galladay just kind of take off with a bum quarterback. So, like, it should be good with him. Hawkinson, you, we saw Jerry Goff utilize tight ends in the Rams. So, like, I don't think his vanish, his fancy value is vanished either. So, like, even swap, but, like, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, for me, when it comes to Jared Goff, though, you know, it definitely lowers his value overall. I mean, he was in a offense with a brilliant mind like Sean McVay, and you, you drop him from premier all-star, you know, wide receivers, a strong run game, a solid tight end, to what? I would say pretty strong tight end, a great running back in DeAndre Swift, and basically no wide receivers at this point, minus if Kenny G comes back on a franchise tag or whatever. Um, it definitely lowers his value for me overall right now in terms of just either redraft or dynasty right now because, you know, he was maybe a top 15 quarterback. Now he's probably a bottom 10 quarterback in terms of fantasy right now. Again, the only thing that's kind of attractive about him right now, especially in a super flex league, is that he's probably going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, the Lions are going to probably be behind in a lot of games. Their defense wasn't that great last year. So it's going to force Jared off to throw, throw, throw. While he may not be a great thrower, a great quarterback in general, you're going to be looking at a guy who's probably going to throw the ball at least 35-plus times a game. So that kind of was, for me, in terms of fantasy, kind of attractive. Again, he's not going to have, he's going to have a poor performance. He's going to throw a couple picks here and there. But um, overall, I mean, it's not great for Jared Goff, unfortunately. Hopefully he can find a way to turn it around. He's got a good coaching staff around him, especially a guy like Anthony Lynn, the OC now. But, yeah, it definitely hurts his overall value for me. I mean, for the Lions, I mean... Again, you're getting two first-round picks. I mean, they really got to make the most out of this, you know. They got to really work this team around and use those offense, those first-rounders to really do work. But Jared Goff definitely takes a hit in my books from me. So, um, Any other news we got going on? Obviously, you know, there's rumors out there that Watson, Sam Donald, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan are all circling about maybe being traded or whatever. We're really not going to get too much into that. But once those trades hit, we're definitely going to start talking about that kind of in-fantasy impact. But... I wouldn't worry about it too much right now. Uh, Nick Boyle signed a two-year, $13 million deal with the um, Baltimore Ravens, uh, especially in those dynasty leagues, someone like that who probably was cut or something. Um, they used a lot of two tight ends when they had Hayden Hurst there. Nick Boyle, more of a blocking tight end, but not horrible. Uh, a lot of, obviously, coaching changes that we're going to kind of get into later. I think we're going to do another podcast with that, kind of separate from all this. Um, some old, great tight end legends like Greg Olson, Jason Witten, Hanging up the clock right now, retiring. Uh, Dwayne Haskins signed a you know one year deal with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, no guaranteed money, so there's something there. And he's spending the strip club anyway. <laughs> he probably would have, so hopefully uh, he can kind of turn his career maybe around in Pittsburgh. And then last but not least, before we get into the dynasty talk, Jibs Super Bowl predictions. This is obviously Super Bowl weekend here, guys. Chiefs versus Bucks. Uh, what's your overall prediction at the end? 31-28 Chiefs at the Tampa Bay money line. All right. I mean, uh, um, points, 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 not money line. That would obviously be a bad statement on my behalf. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I'm probably going 35-24 Chiefs. That was my one prediction. Pat Mahomes, MVP, of course. Um, hopefully Brady doesn't win. Obviously, a long time. A bold, yeah, very bold. Yes, I, I think that, you know, you saw last time what happened. I mean, it was just a, it was a shit show and a half, so... Um, I just feel like all the Super Bowls recently have been like one score game, seven to three points. Yeah, you know, I mean, you never know. But uh, I'm expecting the big Pat Mahomes day, really get his MVP Hall of Fame career off to a big bang with two back-to-back championships. So uh, we'll see how that Eat works. Eat the so. goat. Eat the goat. <laughs> exactly. That's better. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, 
we're going to get into a dynasty question of the day. Basically, just questions about things involving dynasty. You know, how about it? You know, what do you do? What do this, that? Before we really get into the AFC talk. So, real quick, Jibs, kind of like what do you do during a dynasty offseason? What should owners of dynasty teams, maybe their first time in an offseason, should probably be looking at doing? Well, first, look at the waivers. That's first and foremost. See if there's any, like, guy that's been on there that may have, like, a new situation coming to him. Um, I missed out on a Gus Edwards. Someone dropped Gus Edwards in one of my leagues, and, like, he was on there for a good week, and I, sorry, Coach Gibbs didn't get him. So, um, look at your waivers first. Then, like, you want to look at your roster. Obviously, like, you're not going to know the schedule and all that good things, but, like, you want to make sure you have decent backups, maybe have a plan for the draft, what position you're going to take, see if you could offset some of those moves by, like, replenishing some depth. Like, you know me, Steve, like, last year in our first dynasty league, I got destroyed by injuries. Like, so I'm kind of, like, looking for some depth anywhere I can go. But those are some things I could do. And then it's, like, pay attention to the news. Like, you want to know who's a free agent, where you could get some good, like, value just because, like, maybe an owner is not, like, really feeling a certain player. But you just got to look into some situations. We're going to give you a couple people that you probably could buy a little later on in this division and going forward in all the divisions. So, like, it's all all about your relative feel on the situation, the player, and how much you want to pay to get a pay player. So, for me, I'm just evaluating my roster, see what I can move, if I can get some guys that I don't need off my roster, and try to flip them for maybe a pick or so. But don't get greedy. Don't freaking get all those picks sooner than later, bro. You want to wait to see where the people are going to be established, and then you're going to try to get your your – fantasy portfolio optimized yeah i yeah, no, definitely love those takes there jibs you know for me guys when it comes to the off season you really want to evaluate your team you want to see where your weaknesses are you really want to say is my team ready to compete next year and if it is find ways to get that ready for the next season here you know if it's not start loading up on those draft picks like jib says don't load them on too soon because you might not need a first the top three picks. You might need the back half, and that might be where you could get a lot of great value players, like guys like Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins this past season in this draft here. Just kind of wait. And there are three big marks you have to really worry about. Or I mean, at least two big marks, and that's obviously free agency and the draft. And those two are going to be key factors on figuring out what your team is going to look like. Because your team could look good in December and January, but by March, by May, that team could look a lot different. You could have three less starters than you thought you were going to have this coming season. So look at that. See what your players are going to be pending free agents this year. See if this is the time maybe to sell them. Maybe to buy low on guys. Maybe guys, look and see who guys who didn't perform last year. See guys like rookies last year who were really strong, uh, like Quintes Cephas, like who we kind of like but didn't have that opportunity last year, see if you can buy low on some certain guys here. And we're going to talk about, like Jib said, a lot of different guys who you could buy low on this offseason here. So, uh, like I said, keep your eyes out there. Be active. Find trades that you like. Get players off your team you do not want anymore. And, and that's kind of what you got to do. You just got to keep on moving around. And it's the offseason. This is the time of year for your dynasty teams to get back on track. So, all right. Poop may stink, but you can sell. You can still sell it. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. You always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately connect with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, The Fantasy Coaches, um, when you do the How You Heard About Podgo section of your application. Try it today, guys. Earn some money. You're going to love it. So let's start with our first team. And, of course, it's my Miami Dolphins, guys. Um, Miami Dolphins had a great season. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't make the playoffs. Obviously, we lost in Week 17. But the biggest question probably on this entire Dolphins team we're going to talk about today is Tua Tungavailoa, the rookie quarterback with a lot of doubters now um, after somewhat of a subpar rookie year compared to guys like Joe Burrow and Justin uh, Herbert. And... Jibs, like, if you have him on your dynasty team right now, how are you feeling about having a guy like Tua right now who's having a lot of, again, doubts, possible trade with uh, Deshaun Watson right now going on? You know, how are you feeling about having a guy like that? If I, like, I don't honestly own Tua, but, like, I think he's a fringe starter for, like, one quarterback dynasty leagues. Obviously, you could utilize him in super flex quarter, uh, in two quarterback leagues, but 
I'm just like going off the Dolphins kind of feel. Like the Dolphins shown verbal commitment to Tua, but I know he still needs to show me more because in the starts, yeah, they like, he had like you look at the box score, yeah, he did this, he did that. But like if you actually look in the game, like it's a very pedestrian, like, oh, we're gonna run on first second down, we're gonna throw it on third. And there's kind of baby feed him. There's not like really deep shots, he's like really short sticks, kinda intermediate routes, but I wanna see him progress more. So like I'm not feeling very good if he's my first quarterback or I'm just, like, kind of banking, like, that Drew Brees and I had Tua right there. That's a kind of bad situation to go into 2021. So even with, like, the news, of the even the Dolphins want to get the shot Watson. So I don't know if Tua's going to be staying with the Dolphins if he's going to go to Houston. If he goes to Houston, like, I, I think it's kind of wrapped for him. So, like, I'm praying he stays for the plays for the Dolphins. But, like, he didn't show, like, that – Bad of a, he didn't have that bad of a year. Like it's just like I need more. Like you see the Pat Mahomes, you see the Josh Allen, you see Deshaun Watson, you see like Lamar Jackson. Even when his bad year when he couldn't pass, like he still could put up stats. But like I, I kind of don't feel that with Tua. Like, I think he's a fringe. He's a QB two, but like he's not like a high end QB two. I think he's like around like the fifteen sixteen kind of ranked quarterback on an average average weekly basis in my opinion. But I'm letting you speak the backseat. You're a Dolphins fan. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And a lot of people want us to trade for Tua, and not Tua, for uh, Watson, and I get it. But, you know, yeah, Tua didn't have the best season as we would, you know, hope for. I mean, in terms of fantasy, in terms of the NFL, you know, he did enough to make me like, okay, I'm still with him. And I really am. I'm still a Tua believer. I'd still rather have Tua than give him up and picks to get Sean Watson. Um, and again, Tua's value could really skyrocket and... For me, I think he's a pretty good by low guy right now. Again, he didn't have a great year. I mean, his yards per attempt were 6.3. was 31 in the league. He saw a lot of times he took a lot of short passes. But then there were times against the Chiefs, against the Cardinals, that he kind of aired it out a little bit. And it's hard to say, like, well, he didn't have good pass catchers, you know. But, you know, you see Ryan Fitzpatrick go in there and do something with nothing. And I don't think you can really compare the two because Ryan Fitzpatrick was more of that type of, like, kind of I don't care attitude and he was just a, such a really he's just a, such a smart guy I mean you saw what he can do at the line of scrimmage those pre-motion snaps kind of define finding out what the defenders really do and Tua just isn't there yet and he needed more time and I think give him another season another offseason really to get things going he could really skyrocket and what the do they're doing with the Dolphins is they're bringing a guy like Channeling Fry and the quarterback coach and they bring a, two co coordinators in uh, George Godley and Eric Studfeld that I think those three combined, kind of mixing them over of a college slash NFL playbook, I think really can get Tua going. Um, I think he's got a pretty good deep ball for the most part, and he's a very accurate quarterback. He's not like he was an inaccurate quarterback. He just wasn't throwing the ball downfield, and that could be part of the reason why his accuracy was so well. Um, but again, I think he's still a top 12 fantasy player right now. I think he's just a borderline QB1, um, maybe a high-end QB2 to be more realistic right now. Um, but they get weapons. They bring a big-time free agent like Allen Robinson. They bring in Devontae Smith, possibly. They bring in a running back like um, Naeem ha- um I can't even think of his name right now. Najee Harris. Najee Harris, thank you. Um, there are things he can do. And I think if you can buy low on a guy like Tua right now, he could end up surprising you by the season where people get more hyped about him playing in 2021. So that's kind of how I feel about Tua still. I think he's a good buy low guy. Well, Definitely a good point is accuracy. Like the only thing I want him to do, I need him to risk it for the biscuit. Like you can't just be making these like powder puff throws. You need to actually kind of get these tight windows. I know like he doesn't want to throw them, but he has to adjust to it. Like you see Pat, Patrick Mahomes, like he'll do a no look and still put it in a tight window too. So two two has a ceiling and like he has everything there. The Dolphins needs to put things around him and make it all go together. Yeah, definitely. And, and the whole thing with Fitzpatrick being like, well, he just airing the ball out. I mean, if you watch some of the games there, I mean, he just sometimes got lucky, especially against the Raiders. I mean, obviously you saw the Miles Gaskin, like, 65-yard run or catch and run. And then you saw, obviously, that crazy catch, Chibs. I mean, um, yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, it's not like he was just airing the ball out consistently. He, he just took more risks than Tua did. And I think that's what Tua needs to learn and go into next season to be able to, hey, you got to take more risk. You have to rely on your wide receivers to do the work for you and just get the ball in the right area, and they're going to do it. 
And again, I think that's why he's a good buy low right now. So uh, let's move on here now and go over the running backs. And there's really not much to talk about because there could be a big switch in running backs. Uh, but Miles Gassens, really surprising season from a former seventh rounder. Um, but again, is your are you comfortable with him, or is it time to just kind of get rid of him if you can? Or for me, like I would like to sell him. Obviously, um, you don't know what the uh, situation will bring to. Like you said, you said round pick. The Dolphins really don't have any commitment to him. Although, like Brian Flores pretty much loves the guy. Like he was running before Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, who they signed in the off season, and he showed very good problems. The guy scored double digit. Uh, PPR fantasy points in nine out of ten games he started. I know he missed a couple games with the injury, but when he was on the field, it was it was a pretty high carry volume. I would say about like fifteen carries a game. He was like the main guy. Like we know he has some receiving prowess. So like, there's like stuff to consider like you liking Gaskins, but like I feel like if you're trying to pedal Gaskins to another fantasy manager. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, I'll give you like a third round pick for him you're like bro like come on you see this guy's stats you're not gonna get fair market value bro. that's the only thing i have to say about it but like if you want to keep him on your bench maybe as like a situation running back or replacement running back reflect something like that's perfectly fine but like if you get like a second round pick for him or a high second round pick for him i, I like to move him but like you just never know with situations like this the nfl is rapidly evolving like we saw the dolphins probably have like six seven running backs this year too so like it's a weird situation but i want to maximize my value as much as i can for Gaston. yeah see Gaston is definitely a tough one to really to really trying to get a hold of because you know there's a lot of speculation dolphins could end up you know signing somebody i don't think they do sign somebody and then there's a lot of speculation that you know Najee harris like i mentioned you know they they were on his team during the senior ball i think they have a really strong connection to want to get a guy like that in here and if that happens i think that kind of just destroys miles gaston's value but if they don't what happens if they don't and they think oh, miles gaston can do this with us he he showed great work last year i mean his vision is fantastic i mean you know, he lost a lot of goal line early opportunities early to Jordan Howard. You know, he had 33% of the red zone opportunities with the running backs. I mean, he had some injury concerns, but um, honestly, if you can sell him, like Chip said, a second-round pick, I think you could just sell him off right now. Again, I just don't see him being the lead back going to next year. And again, that's a risk you're willing having to take because if you don't do it now, I just don't see him having much of a... I don't see him ever being an RB1. That's the thing. Maybe an RB2, a couple of seasons, but... That's only if he's a starter, and I just really don't believe he's a starter. So I think this is the time to get him off your team, like Jibs was mentioning here. Get a second-round pick for him, rebuild, find a new running back maybe, going into year two, whatever it may be. So I'm kind of off the gas and train myself. Um, this Great RB2 and, like, really. Exactly. Um, so let's over to the wide receivers now real quick here. Um, you know, what do you do with the Dolphins' wide receivers? And there's really only two guys I want to mention here, and it's Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Like, what do you do with them, Jibs, right now in terms of they're in your dynasty team? What do you do with these guys? For me, like, they're going to be a whole, like, the time to sell Parker was last year in his phenomenal 2019 campaign. And Parker did have some flashes in 2020, but his production variance, his production varied very with the, the starting quarterback situation. When Tua started, like, obviously, there was subpar production but then when Fitzy came in the game oh my god Devontae Parker like the second coming of freaking Randy Moss and we've seen it like then next thing next week two started and like it'll be Moss production so like I just I had to hold them to see like if that rapport would build up obviously I kind of believe the Dolphins were going to go forward with two so like I want to shout that bills but Preston Williams is also a hot name last offseason too but like his season got derailed by injury of course and then like he was pretty plagued by drops last year too so i don't know if that's just kind of acclimating to a right hand left hand quarterback kind of situation like that but like the guy showed the guy has some problems preston williams but like the dolphins also have a trove of draft picks so they could have a replacement coming to them and you never know and they also have other wide receivers that didn't play due to covid or got hurt early in the season like Albert wilson so there's a lot of moving heads in that uh, quarterback room. I mean, the wide receiver room. And you also can't forget about a guy like, like Glenn Bowen and Isaiah Ford also who came up strong at NBA. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, again, for me with the Dolphins wide receivers now, I expect it to be a new wide receiver one. And if that's Devontae Smith, hopefully, or, or Lamar Chase, or maybe somebody else. Um, I'm looking to honestly mostly sell these guys off. And as a Dolphins fans, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I just don't think Devontae Parker really fits what Tua can do and what he's going to do in this offense here. I don't expect him to be a guy who goes and throws the ball for a jump up with Devontae Parker consistently. You didn't see that chemistry really hit last year. Again, he was nagged with injuries and whatnot, but he's already 27 at this point here, and I really don't see him being a wide receiver one during his career here. I just don't see it. Um, there's just too many weapons I think they're going to bring in this offseason here that you can kind of sell him off, and I think he's a good piece if you're going to like, hey, like you need one piece, like, hey, take Devontae Parker, you know, try to sell it to somebody, like, hey, he's the wide receiver one on the team, blah, 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 and you do it now. I think it's the time to do it to get him off your team. Uh, Preston Williams, you could say the same, same situation here. Uh, really, a guy who I really like, but just hasn't lived up to that kind of standard that we really want from him as an undrafted guy right now, and you know, you take the spark where, you know, he had that really good game against the Cardinals and kind of fell apart, and it just didn't happen, and I think it's the time to just kind of get rid of him as well. Live off that hype that you that people might like in, in Preston Williams still and kind of just say, hey, it's Preston Williams. You know, he's a young guy still. Take him and see what you can get for him. And I, that's what I would do right now. And just kind of sell him off and get that value. Get second-round picks for a guy like Preston Williams still if you can. Devontae Parker, you're not going to get a first, but get a second-rounder. Rebuild on that. I just don't see them guys really being a wide receiver one in the near future anytime soon. So. And let's head over to the tight ends now. And that's like the biggest thing. Obviously, a hometown boy of ours, um, Mike Gusecki. And Mike Gusecki come off another strong season. Again, that was kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little mixed in there. Uh, but him and Tua at, some, at points during the, re the second half of the season kind of brought things together. I had 400 yards over the last nine games of the season. Not too bad. Uh, but can you believe that Mike Gusecki makes that push into possibly that top five tier tight ends? Kind of a push that you know a guy like TJ Hawkinson made this year. Uh, there's no timeout now in this because we're live, Jibs. So I'll, I'll go first, guys. Uh, you get your stuff together, Jibs. With me, when it comes to Mike Gusecki, I'm still buying into a guy like Mike Gusecki. He's heading into year four. Um, makes ins he's making some insane catches. I mean, he was his yards per reception was 13.7, fifth best in the league. His target was 8.7, seventh best in the league. And again, you know, two I think improves going into next year. And a young tight end, a young quarterback's friend has always been a tight end. Um, you know, he had six, he had four, uh, six of his last seven games, he had 40 yards or more, and a lot of that was with Tua. Some of that obviously was with Fitzpatrick, but um, he was an elite time kind of game that he has into his ability here. A guy who can kind of just go up and get the ball, kind of a mismatch against the linebackers and safeties. And this is a guy I think you still want to get in your offense here because he's young. I don't count his first year as a real year because it's with, with Adam Gase, as we all know, but... Um, I think he takes another step. The new offensive co-coordinator was a tight end coach for the Dolphins this past season here. So I'm expecting to kind of use Mike Kiseki to do new things. I mean, if you see him, he's just an athletic build to his guy. I mean, he's fast and he's 25 years old. I think this is the time he's going into the prime of his career here right now in Miami here. And I expect Mike Kiseki, if you can get a guy like Mike Kiseki in your team, you'll be set at tight end for a couple years, for maybe another five or six years, because I think he's really going to get into his own this coming season here and really be a weapon for this Dolphins team here uh, moving forward. So um, love me some Mike Kosecki. Jibs, are you back yet? There you go. The show again. There we go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, Sorry about that. Man. He could push you the next year in top, uh, top five tight ends. He finished tight end six in the standard. He finished tight end seven in PPR. And you want to think about it at the end of the day. The Dolphins utilized multiple tight ends last year. They had Mike Zeki, He had finished with five touchdowns this year. And if they had that offense consolidated, to be honest with you, he could have had a superb season. Adam Shaheen had a few touchdowns. And even um, Dermot Smythe had. So, like, Mike Zeki had five. Adam Shaheen had three. Dermot Smythe had two touchdowns. Mike Zeki could have been a 10-touchdown tight end. That would push him easily in the top four at least so you just got to believe in him and when he showed Mike Kozecki and gave him opportunity in certain games he exploded like 16-14 against Kansas City and the Cincinnati Bengals I believe the guy had multiple touchdowns in one game he had to touchdown in another one but he produced 
he can produce elite numbers. This is all what the Dolphins want to do. And maybe it's easier for two of the throws to tight end. I don't know, but they need to get him on the field a lot often. And I know, like, his end of the campaign got derailed by injuries, but the guy is a promising figure. We were all on him last season. It didn't really kind of – it kind of came true. He finished tight end six, uh, six, seven. So, like, we're on him, but he just needs to be more consistent week by week. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing about him being a little bit more consistent as a player. I mean, there's just too many times when he's got, like – five or six fantasy points and again most tight ends uh that's not bad but uh if you really want him to jump into that next tier i think he just needs to kind of maybe see more touchdowns maybe get to a double digit type of touchdown kind of season to him uh but mike Isecki has the sky's limit so let me keep moving guys because we're we're not doing great on time so uh let's over to the uh who's gonna be the next team here the buffalo bills actually not the new york jets buffalo bills here so jibs you know you have a guy like Josh Allen here now, and can you make an argument that he could be the number one dynasty quarterback? I know that Mahomes is there, but can can you make it? <laughs> yeah, you can make an argument the way that he progressed as a passer this year, and he obviously provides a great rushing floor with mobility. But since his dynasty, I'm obviously going Mahomes. But don't get me wrong, his numbers last year were like a fusion of both Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So like, move over Dak, move over Watson. Move over Lamar. Allen's number two now. And, like, just that the touchdown that he, like, kind of had this year, like, I expect it maybe to go down a bit. But, like, I think he's a real deal. And, like, this man can rush for 60 yards, get a touchdown every now and then in the red zone. So that makes an elite quarterback option in fantasy and in dynasty. And he's still young. He's 24 years old. And, hey, man, looks like the Jets missed out and a couple other teams missed out last year. I mean, the Cardinals missed out in that – uh draft 20 uh that, 10, 20 yeah. what 17 draft 18 draft yeah 18 draft yes uh, 18 18 yeah i mean i don't i obviously pat mahomes number one i, I mean i had to put that in there as, an, as a comical joke i mean but he's honestly i think he's my number three quarterback right now i mean you know i was not big fan of him really i just didn't think he could actually get to he that point that. to be a fantasy quarterback but well not a fantasy quarterback he obviously was good but to be an actual nfl quarterback but I mean, he scored over 400 fantasy points this coming season here. And obviously, got a guy like Stefan Diggs made a huge difference in his game here. I mean, he was top five in passing yards, top five in attempts. You know, he's top five in rushing, top five in touchdowns overall. I mean, again, he still had that slight... He did it all. Exactly. Slight accuracy issue, though. Uh, but he's made up for it. He made up a big time for it. And the power star of Stefan Diggs turned him into a guy who can throw the ball downfield with accuracy. He just made such an improvement in his game here. I think he's a must-own quarterback. I wouldn't trade him. I think there's a lot more with this Bills offense here that can go into next season. And granted, they get a run game going and use that play action to do things with the ball. I think there's just I think Josh Allen has another limit, another level, not limit, another level that I think you want to hold on to a guy like this in your in your your dynasty leagues right now while moving forward because he's going to be a guy for the next at least ten years to be a dominant force in this league here because it's not just his running game anymore; it's also his passing you have to worry about. So. Josh Allen's a fantastic quarterback moving forward. Um, and now going to the running backs now, Jibs. You know, the running back game was really just a huge disappointment this coming season here. I mean, Devin Singletary, a guy who I was in love with, died. Nothing really spectacular. Zach Moss, who a lot of people in the industry loved, injured, just never really got to that next level at times. Some spark there, but nothing great. Uh, what do you make of these running backs? If you have them on your team right now, do you feel great owning them? No. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, although I would prefer Zach Moss over Devin Singletary, but like like you said before, the Bills weren't committed to the run in quite a few games this uh, last year. And on top of that, like at the end of the day, like with that fifty-fifty timeshare between Zach Moss and Zach, I mean Devin Singletary, you don't know who's going to have like the better game. Like the only reason why I prefer Zach Moss is obviously that red zone. The touches the value and then get for him scoring a touchdown rather than Zach. I mean, them secondary just grinding like meaningless yards. But then you also got to think on top of that, like you have to add Josh Allen to the mix. Anytime you could just go out there and do a, like, a nice little seven yard scamper and get a touchdown, and guess what? You're out of points, and then you're stuck with like a eight point line, which is ridiculous. 
on the offense that great. So like I'm not too high on these Bills running backs. I hope like one of them could kind of just emerge. Hopefully that much, but it ain't for me, dog. Yeah, no. Um, like I said, I took a lot of Devin Singletary shares midseason and got rid of them, thankfully. Uh, but again, honestly, I don't. I like. I don't like these guys separate. Uh, I mean, I do like them separate, but together they just don't add up to a good fantasy time. And there's rumors out there that going to add an, a more of an elite back to kind of go with this offense here. So that kind of gives me some kind of nerve wracking with the comes of these two players here. But I mean. Yeah, Singletary, you know, he really didn't do that great. I mean, even when he had a chance to be the starter by himself there, I mean, just wasn't that good. I mean, just didn't play that well. Uh, very mediocre opportunity, even lost time to TJ Yeldon at times. And when it comes to Zach Moss, I mean, with him, it's just like, can he stay healthy? That was a big issue with him coming out of the NFL draft was his health concerns. He had injuries in college, and then he brought them to the NFL here now. The only thing I can think of is that, again, I think they really liked Zach Moss to get him going. I mean, he had, you know, three straight games at the end of the year with 10-plus carries. His, he had a top six in juke rates. Um, but if you're going to own one of these two guys, I think it's Zach Moss still because he's only going into year two. There's an opportunity for him to kind of grow in this offense here. He's kind of that guy who can probably handle the bigger workload, minus the injuries. Um, but Singletary, I think at this point, I think he's just kind of a, uh, a scat back, kind of just kind of a guy who kind of just be used in offense in certain situations while Zach Moss I think can handle the workload but both these guys I'm just not happy getting happy with my on my team here and I'm kind of really trying to get them off my team at this point because I just can't trust them in fantasy together when they're both on the field so all right let's head over the next year now the wide receivers and again Stefan Diggs fantastic season and um obviously had a great year but can you trust it Without a doubt, the force is strong in that one. His lowest output last year was 10.9 points in the PPR. That's stupid. And then, I mean, 10.8. And then the second one was 10.9. So everything above that is gold for me. Yeah. Start him up. Yeah, no, I, if you guys had any doubt with Stefan Diggs, I just had to throw that out there. I mean, man had double-digit fantasy points in 14 to 16 games. It clearly that when he became the actual star of a team, it's his team now. He's 27 years old. I think he's still primed for another three or four seasons in this league with a guy like Josh Allen. Um, again, he was more of a wide receiver too, though, in half-point PPR leagues. So if you play half-point, uh, I think that you have to take that in kind of somewhat of a consideration. I don't know if he's a true wide receiver one, like a top-five guy, even though you think he finished there in top-five. But if you look at his game-by-game basis, he played more as a wide receiver too. So just to keep that in your minds there, but... Overall, I think he's a wide receiver one in your fantasy teams. Uh, he's a guy you want to own, high target share. I think he's going to continue to have that. Hopefully, the touchdowns can kind of go up a little bit. They won't that great, but can kind of improve from that. But young quarterback with a cannon, prime quarter, prime wide receiver age, wide receiver one weapon. I gotta love the guy. And um, what do you do with guys like John uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley? Both at some points had great years. Uh, last two years here, are they sell candidates? What are you doing with these guys? Obviously, there are add-on packages. Add-on packages if you're just trying to sell them and try to get a good deal. But um, I think they're actually good both, both buy-low candidates for like an owner who's trying to get like a nice wide receiver three to fortify their position. So like, I'm not opposed to buy them this offseason. Like, I know John Brown was uh, kind of injury-riddled last year, but Cole Beasley, he had a phenomenal year for a guy – who's pretty much been written off. Like, we know he played for the Cowboys for so long. He was just basically that guy who got, like, those hard, like, slants and stuff and got hurt. But Jesus Christ, man, this man pretty much was, like, the most – I don't want to say the most consistent player, but he was a very consistent fantasy wide receiver last year. And, like, I think there'll be fantastic wide receiver threes for your roster. Yeah, um, for me, I think they're good sell candidates personally. Um, you know, they're over the age of 30 at this point. Uh, I would honestly try to get second and third round picks for both these guys at this point because they're coming to the close to the end of their contracts and I don't expect them to be there for the final year of their contracts. Maybe Cole Beasley more than John Brown. Um, but again, Cole Beasley, I think you could get maybe a late second for. Uh, I mean, back-to-back, uh, you know, really good seasons here. I think he had a thousand year, a hundred targets back-to-back seasons now. Um, he's 31, though, um, and I think at some point his contract can be kind of given up and taken, not from not them getting a hit, um, but, I mean, his catch rate was fantastic, 67%. You kind of use that to try to get yourself a late second rounder from somebody who's looking to compete again next year. 
I'm definitely trying to do that. Played through all the injuries too. Exactly. Um. So uh, I think he didn't have like a torn like, like something torn something in his leg or something, didn't he? Torn ACL or something while he was playing. I don't know. In the AFC Championship game. I don't know injury, but like he he battled through that. Yeah, he did something like that. It was a little weird. And again, John Brown, I think he's just you know he has injury concerns. So I mean, sell him off to a third if you can right now. I mean, just think that's the best option. And then finally, a guy like um, Gabriel Davis, uh, rookie last year, who I'm super high on. I think I actually have a signed jersey that I might actually auction off at some point. Um, can he take the step in year two? Do you expect him to take a step in year two? I don't see why not. Like, the Buffalo offense is how it kind of integrated last year. It's just very passing oriented. So, like, we seem to make pretty good splash plays on like a three to a two to three target game and scores touchdown and if they could get him utilized more like we just mentioned like Cole Beasley like he fought through injuries last year but Father Time's undefeated John Brown been down through like constant injuries the last two years so there's gonna be opportunity to make for him to get on the field and make good plays and like, I like what I saw out of him I, I was I'm very like sad that I couldn't like scoop him up in fantasy uh, thank you, Steve. But um, it is what it is, and uh, I think he'll be a fantastic player. He has speed. He has good catch radius, and like it, it, he's playing with Josh Allen. So like I know, like just think about it, like as the Kansas City. Like I was touting McCall Hardman last year. This could be this year's McCall Hardman for the Bills. Either day. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Gabriel Davis. I've been buying him every which way possible in Dynasty right now. He's 22 years old. He had 600 yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie. Wide receiver 38 over his final eight games. He's 6'2", 216. A perfect you know downfield wide receiver to kind of match up with Stephon Diggs. And I think he can have a, a, a breakout year too. It will depend if John Brown's there. That might lower it a little bit. Um, but this is a guy who I really want to buy now for if his 2021 season or even going into 2022 season. I think he's going to have another great year in 2021. will make him a real candidate to be a breakout player in 2022. So get him now if you can because I think he has the skill sets to really just take that next step. And again, you have a young quarterback like Josh Allen throwing the ball. You got a premier wide receiver to the other side of the field of him. Um, Gabriel Davis is a guy you want to get on your fantasy team for right now if you can because... Uh, he's fantastic. His target separation was a 2.7, seventh best in the league. Fantastic fit for this offense here. I'm definitely trying to buy a guy like that right now if I can. And the last but not least, a guy like Dawson Knox going to year three now. Kind of came on at the end of the season there. Um, but can you expect someone of a year three breakout for a guy like Dawson Knox? Mm, this hit or miss for me. It just doesn't seem like the, the Bills utilize their tight ends like correctly and um sure like dawson knox he had uh three touchdowns last year and the other bills tight end had three touchdowns too but you'll figure like as he progresses in his uh young nfl career that he'll have more chances to be prominent role in the offense so like guys like lee smith and tyler croft hopefully they get them out of there like kind of relegate the role down a tad and like Dawson Knox kind of elevate because like he's a good tight end like you see he gets good uses in the red zone and he has a decent like catching up probability too so like I like Dawson Knox but like I just kind of uh, I'm not like too high on the Bills in their tight end situation unless they get that correctly too many heads for me Got someone to tell me to take my Christmas tree down. Our boy Devin told us to take my Christmas tree yeah, yeah, down. Get him, Devin. Take that Christmas tree down. Hey, man, Christmas all the way around in, in the, in the Pintado household here. So, <laughs> All right, yeah, so Dawson Knox, honestly, I love his talent. I think I had him as a pretty much of a somewhat of a sleeper in 2021 or 2020, and I think you kind of saw at the end of the season for me. Um, I mean, he you know, he was tied in 15 down the stretch of the season here. Um, kind of a He's really good separation with his target share. Um, I think he can be a guy who takes that next step in year three. Um, again, especially depends if guys like Cole Beasley and maybe John Brown are gone. Um, the lack of targets, but could be something of a big concern for him. But if those guys are gone, he could see an uptake. Um, I like him as a buy low candidate right now. Again, we like Josh Allen. Let's keep the players around Josh Allen going. Um, I think if people just really aren't really big on him, and I think if you can buy low on him, I like him as a tight end going into next year. So. 
All right, let's move on to the next team. Who are we going to next year? Who's going to be showing up? Oh, let me get rid of that comment, though. Um, Bomb-ass Jets. That's right. The New York Jets are on the board here now, guys. And quickly, um, Jibs, what do you do with Sam Donald right now? Oh, nothing really. Maybe you can squeeze him in a deal for in the two QB Superflex League. But his fantasy value was like getting a new car and get into an accident before you get home. He's shown flashes in the final stretches the last two years. But he's bench fodder now. So you're expecting – you're selling him. You're not worried. You're not trying to buy a guy like Sam Donald right now. Is that you're telling me? What? <laughs> Let me let, let me tell you. I mean, I mean, former first rounder. You know, he's missed a lot of games through injury. The Adam Gase offense. He's only twenty four though, and new coaching staff in New York, and maybe gets traded. On the Sam Darnold train the last three years. I'm off. All right, all right. I'm I'm still trying to buy him. Honestly, if I can buy low on him and get a second for him or trade him for a second, I'm still about it because he's young. Um, and again, it's a risk because if the Jets do take a quarterback at two, that's going to be a big issue. But, you know, I feel like a lot of things I'm hearing is about, like, keeping Sam Donald, getting him protection, getting him another target in the wide receiver core, getting a guy like Allen Robinson. Um, for me, I'm still trying to buy low on him if I can. I mean, he had terrible, terrible numbers last year, but I still Bilo's think... a third, Steve. I just don't, obviously I don't think anyone's going to get a buy low from him, but... I'm still trying to buy a guy like Sam Donald. I'd still want him on my fantasy team. I think he just has something still that to prove. And if he makes a starting job this year, I think he has a better season. So I, I like him as a buy. Okay, how about this? I have him on one initial fantasy team. I'll sell him to you. Which, fourth which league? Which league is this? The Jersey one. Oh, well, I don't want him on the Jersey one. I have three great quarterbacks. Hey. Well, okay, in a single quarterback league, clearly you don't want a guy like Sam Donald because <laughs> – He's not okay. big about it. But in a Superflex League, I'm buying him every which way if I can. Any Superflex Leagues I'm in, I'm down to give him up a second for him. Because I think he's still valuable enough to do something well. I wouldn't give him a first, but a second round, I'd definitely be okay with it. So. I got a hot take stamp approval right there. Boom. <laughs> You're the one with the hot takes. I just say things. So uh, let's keep moving here. Um, any of the Jets running backs right now worth having on your fantasy teams? A guy like Milo Michael P. Ryan, Ty Johnson, Frank Gore. <laughs> They're worth holding, but like they obviously need to upgrade that offensive line. I know. Uh, What's their offensive line they drafted? Um. Oof. God, that's Kyle a great Beckham. question. Yeah. Yeah. Beckham. Yeah. Uh, Beckham. Beckham. Yeah. So they drafted Beckham, but they still need way more help on there. They tried to fortify it last year through free agency, but just with COVID and everything that happened in this NFL campaign, it kind of didn't really gel right initially, but. Even with that, there's still a lot of unknown to me with a new head coach coming in, but it doesn't hurt to speculate. Obviously, it's dynasty. You're not going to have like top-tier top studs on the waiver wire or, or like that. So if I had P. Ryan, I would hold him. And it doesn't like really hurt to look at Ty Johnson if he wasn't a, a late waiver ad during last year's season. And then if you're really desperate, hey, go look at Josh Adams. He's probably still on waivers too. So he's been – places he's been i know like he was on the eagles and like he had a couple of good flashes he had a good flash last game last year with the jets so stuff you can think about it but i think they will probably try to even probably draft one you never know yeah no like i said for me when it comes to the jets running backs anyone who's there at this point is their holds if anything to see if maybe they don't draft somebody and then one of those guys becomes the starters um, we could find out very early in March that they're no longer worth having on your fantasy team almost. Um, not. Yeah, I mean, either they're sells or they're holds right now, and I'm not trying to buy into the Jets running back core right now. Michael P. Ryan, who I was, again, a big fan of going into this draft here, um, I just don't know if he's going to see the workload. I don't know if because it's a new regime that he's going to be a, have a chance to really have that starting job, and that's the thing that scares me. But either they're holds if they're on your team already, or if you can sell them for someone worthy of what you're trying to get on your team then yeah do it but besides that i mean these guys are just weren't that great ty johnson had flashes obviously last year that you know obviously we like but you got him as a free agent i mean that's really all they are i mean that's that's really all it is i mean Michael pre-ryan is a guy who i love i mean great vision guy who can kind of beat defenders with his speed ability to catch the ball but again you didn't see enough of that last year with injuries and covid um but we and don't know case. in adam gase yes and we don't know what this team's going to do they have one of the most Free, most budgeted uh, free, age, uh, free agent spending this year to work with, so they might be in the market for a running back. So, 
Not gonna worry about Joey that. Douglas is gonna be in the strip club with the salary dollar. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's get over the do what the wide receivers now here and basically. Can you rely on any of these wide receivers? Like, do you still want a guy like Jameson Crowder? You know, do you want to buy in a guy like Denzel Mims? What do you think, Jibs? Well, the way you phrase your question is, I don't think it'll be consistent because it, it hinges on Sam Donald being an efficient quarterback and taking a step forward. But for Crowder's circumstances, I actually think he's consistent by the definition. Like. In a way, when you look at his weekly game log, he has three good games, three bad games in a row, then he has three good games, and then he sprinkles in some dirt and some rubbish in there. But with Crowder, like you have, it's just so hard trying to predict when he's going to do good or got not. Um, in PPR, he's pretty much at standpoint out of 10, 11 points. Like sometimes he gets you 20, sometimes he gets you six. It is what it is with that. And with the rest of the herd, like, I, really, I can't like count on them being consistent. Like I know Denzel Mims, they put some decent like draft uh, capital in them, and I think they'll definitely utilize them more and more. But I can't call them consistent. I will try to buy low on a guy like Mims due to like, that kind of poor, poor season that he had with injuries in the beginning of the year. But he showed some promises. It all feels how you feel about the Jets, though, and a lot of fantasy managers don't feel good about the Jets. It's a great take there, Jibs. Wasn't here for it, but I'm sure it was a fantastic take, man. Oh, uh, it was trash. <laughs> All right, well, for me, guys, Jameson Crowder, uh, yeah, he's a sell for me. Big sell right now. Adam Gase is gone. His offense is going to change completely. Um, I'm selling him if I can. I don't know if you're going to get much for him, but like a second-round pick for our Jameson Crowder right now, maybe two seconds. I'm okay about getting rid of Jameson Crowder. It's just that the offense ran before it. Through the slot, I just don't expect it to do it this time. I'm going to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. You saw what this Jets offense lacked, and it was downfield throws. That's something that I think this new offense is going to buy into with uh, Mike LaFleur. Um, so um, he's a sell for me. Denzel, Denzel Mims, yeah, I still wouldn't buy him if you can. He had uh, pretty much an unknown rookie year. He's a young, talented wide receiver that I'd still want to get into. Again, that could really change the one for agency. It's kind of what we talk about. Like, for agency, could be a big key factor. Because you bring a guy like Allen Robinson in, they could change a whole bunch of things in this offense here. Could make things a little bit better. You know, you bring a guy like Kenny. Is there strong connections to Allen Robinson and Jets? It just is a lot of rumors. You know, I hear a lot of rumors. They have the money. That's all. A lot of rumors. That's all I'm saying. They have the money. money. Allen Robinson, the the rumors are there. So, but a guy like Denzel Mims, still trying to buy low on him. Really tremendously talented wide receiver. So, what about um, Juju? If Juju goes there, well, that would kill Jamison Crowder if Juju went there, that's for sure. So uh, <laughs> that would kill Jamison Crowder. So uh, let's quickly go over Chris Herndon. Um, any possibility with Chris Herndon? You know, Mike LaFleur uh, was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers with George Kittle. Possibility getting him. Oh, oh yeah. Back that up, back that up. So, Chris Harden, I hope he does reappear. To be honest, like I was high on him last year, and with Adam Gase and that whole campaign, it was just so worse. But last year, he, he ended the year pretty well. He had 97 yards, two touchdowns, and, like, it ain't much, but, like, basically had 97 yards is 33% of his total yards last year. And I could just pray. Like, if I'm praying, like, honestly, God, pray that Coach Salo utilize him more. And like you said, he brought off the offensive coordinator for San Francisco. And I know he's not an offensive coordinator, but like he was a D coordinator for San Francisco. And he had to deal with Turkey in practice, know what's a good route for him, what's a bad route for him, how to defend him and whatnot. So I think he understands how to utilize a tight end, even though he's a defensive coordinator. So I'm just hoping Salo brings some of that. San Francisco flavor to New Jersey and it can kind of help the Jets progress more and actually be a capable franchise that wins more than six games into you. Definitely. Yeah, I, I honestly kind of don't mind spending a fourth rounder and trying to get a guy like Chris Herndon. I think he was a tremendous athlete. Um, you know, he finished tight end six the final three weeks of the season. Um, and with this new offense here, they could switch things up. They could really get the tight ends involved. Adam Gase offense really never did get the tight ends involved. I mean, the kid's got speed. He's got a great route-running ability. If you could buy low on a fourth-rounder to get a guy like Chris Herndon and see, maybe they can turn things around with him. Uh, 25 years old, has another year of this team at least. Um, I like him. I, I really want to... If you can get him for cheap for nothing, basically, I wouldn't mind having him see what happens because 
Um, if anything, he can only get his usage go higher. I mean, unless he loses his job and just gets cut, I think he could end up having a better season at this Ryan point. Griffin? Ryan Griffin, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Ryan Griffin, guys. Come on. That's not happening in this offense here. So uh, I like it. So, And let's finally, last but not least, the bad guys in the New England Patriots. Oh, the easiest thing ever. Easiest thing ever. There's not much to talk about. So uh, the quarterback situation is a mess. Do you want to get a guy like Jarrett Sidham right now on your team? Bruh. That's my answer. That's your I have answer. Nothing to do with this team. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, I mean, yeah, if you want to get him for a late round pick, I guess. I mean, but we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Cam could be back. Cam could not be back. Um, James, what do you do with Cam if you, right now if you have him as a free agent? Do you try to sell him off for anything, or I don't think you can sell him? I'll sell him for anything I can right now. I'll probably put the price high, send an offer, and then let the, the manager be like, nah, I think he's worth that. Okay, sure, bet. Take him. So would you give up a third? Would you give up, like, would you take a third rounder for Cam Newton in the Superflex League? Ooh, uh, Based off him well, possibly not having a job next year. Value, yeah. That's the thing. Was he really that great last year, minus the touchdowns? No. Horrible. He wasn't. Like, I'll take it, actually, because, like, Superflex League, yeah, like, obviously you don't want to sell a quarterback less than, like, second-round pick, even with, like, bad situations. But you don't know, and I don't expect anyone to be back in New England at all. Like, they need they see Tom Brady out there change. going to the Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick sitting there like, oh, I'm 7-9. With no passing yards. That's that's not the Patriots. That's not the Patriots I grew up with. And they need to get his ass out of town real quick and put Cam Newton on that QB carousel that everyone else is on. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Honestly, I, I'd be okay with a third rounder giving up, giving away, getting a third rounder for Cam in a Superflex League because I just don't see him seeing a starting job again. No offense. I mean, he's just that at this point. His you saw his passing last year. I mean, he didn't have the greatest weapons, but still, I mean, he did nothing with with something. I mean, it just doesn't bode well. If, I mean, he luckily they've got touchdowns each and every single week, and that's kind of what you see with guy got Cam Newton. I mean, I'm just trying to get rid of him at this point because I don't want anything to do with him because I just think he's kind of done at this point. I just don't see him being a really great passer the rest of his career here and, and a quarterback at this he point. I just don't see him having a starting job. I just wouldn't want him as a starter right now. I just don't see it. Yeah, eight passing touchdowns. That's that is touchdowns. literally terrible, terrible. Twelve and rushing touchdowns, but you can't make that up every year, though. Yeah, you're not going to get twelve rushing touchdowns it. from every single season. So Cam Newton, yeah, get rid of him on the low. Unfortunately, if you have to, I don't think anyone's going to buy him for a second or first rounder at this point, and I don't think you're going to get another fantastic season from a guy like Cam Newton this year. So I'm okay getting rid of him. Jared sit him. Like I said, if you want to buy a low on him, see if maybe he's the starter next year. I mean, but he didn't really perform well when he got this chance to be in the games late. So, I mean, I mean, it's going to be a, probably a new quarterback in New England. So, uh, let's stick with the running backs here, head over to them. Um, you know, Damien Harris and Sony Michelle, what are their present values right now? Like, where are you valuing them as, as, as dynasty players? Ooh, I like Harris more than I like Michelle. So, I'll probably say second and third round, respectively. So you would you would and take a second and a third for both of them. I'll pay a second for Harris, Harris probably mid to late, and I'll pay like an early third to mid for Michelle. Okay, um, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I wouldn't mind. I probably would maybe not want to buy Sony for a third. I'd probably just be like, okay, I'm cool not having Sony Michelle on my team. Oh, I don't want him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're giving me the value. I get it. I get it too. And that's kind of why I value him as a late third, probably. Because um, I just don't see the value getting any higher. So, um, you know, I think this is going to be a Damian Harris show next year. I think he'll get the starting job next year. Uh, you know, he just came in with great power. I mean, the fact that he only saw so minimal work on the passing game, I think, could turn around. I think James White is gone. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, but, I mean, he was a, you know, a RB3 from weeks 4 to 14. Had about 100-yard games. I mean, if Cam Newton wasn't the quarterback, I think Damien Harris or Sony Michelle would at least run those touchdowns in. Uh, I think Sony at this point, he's just too many injuries in his career right, right now. If the best thing to do is get rid of him and just kind of eat your loss as a guy you probably took as a first rounder in rookie drafts. Harris, I'd still buy until he's 24 years old. I, you know, he got injured. 
Um, I think he might have been COVID. I'm not, I don't remember correctly, but I think he can still put up a couple years of solid RB2 numbers if he gets a chance to be the backfield guy here. And if, especially if James White is gone, I think he could be somewhat of a value in terms of dynasty right now if you're moving forward. So, all right. And uh, James White. James White is a free agent this year, Jibs. He's 29 years old. Um, but what do you do with him? I don't know. Like, you could probably just, like, boast him up to your other, uh, I mean, your opposing fantasy managers in your league. Say, like, hey, man, like, he's a free agent. He's going to go to a good team. Like, as soon as you get the first, like, report or news report saying, like, he, oh, he might sign for, like, the the Chiefs or he might sign for, like, some good offensive team. You, you got to push on that button now. Send every offer you can because you want to get this guy off your team. Like, we are always – accustomed to the James White with Tom Brady, James White on the old Patriots of the past. And, like, that's not there anymore. We don't know who the quarterback is. Like, he had his worst fantasy finish since his rookie year. I mean, um, since his second year. Rookie year, he was kind of, like, limited. But, like, it just wasn't there for him. Like, Cam Newton's not going to throw the ball, like, as efficient, efficiently as Tom Brady. Or he's not going to just throw the ball, period. So, like... I need James White to be in a good situation. Like, I know his value will vary, but you got to wait on it. Sell him if you can, or you could wait and see where he lands. And I sell for more. One opposing fantasy manager has a higher feeling on him. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, I think he's like a risky buy, a buy low candidate, like a, a third rounder. It sounds crazy to want to buy like a guy James, like James White, but if he ends up in a situation where he could be a passing volume, aka me be in tampa um that'd be interesting uh but yeah he, I mean, he had his worst career just coming to his season since it's like jib said his rookie year um i don't expect him to be back honestly i just don't see why they why would bring a 29 year old running back back when they have young wide running backs to kind of mix in there i don't know why he would even want to go back there at this point he just wasn't really used to that extent um you know he had a great little run but i think he's kind of on a fall off he might not even have a job and going into next season so yeah, I mean, unless you buy low on a risk that he gets with a job where he finds something good, but if not, he might end up not doing anything. So it's kind of what it is with him. But, uh, yeah, I really don't want James White. But, again, if you want to take that risk and buy low on him, I'm kind of on that same boat with you guys. So, All right, uh, go over the wide receivers real quick. Is there anyone a bargain? Do you want to buy low on Nakeem, uh, Nail, Nakeel Harris? Harry? Nakeel Harry. Oh, my God. Nakeel Harry. Julian Edelman, maybe Demarius Bright. Do you want to buy low on the uh, buy low on those guys? Oh no, I don't want nothing to do with Bird. Oh, there's something to say with Bird. I don't want nothing to do with Edelman. He's an ancient fossil. Harry, you can make a, a case for it just because you know Bill Belichick and the way he's drafts. Like he he knows talent. He knows how to scout players. So like we drafted Nikhil Harry with the 27th pick in the draft, like, there has to be something with them. Like, I know it was a misfortunate situation last year with Cam Newton, so and maybe they get a better quarterback, and he's good. Who knows? Hey, that's why you play fantasy. You're a risk-taker. But I want to highlight Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is a great candidate. You want to buy low in PPR leagues. This man, he, he put up numbers. Like, you want to talk about Demir Bird? Like, he had two, three, four targets a game. Maybe he had a two splash games or whatever, but Freaking Jacoby Myers, they might mar- they might want to try him out for quarterback position if Cam Newton doesn't come back. To be honest with you, like he was throwing dimes a couple of games last year, and he posted pretty good numbers in a very like relative passing offense, which I really like. Um, Steve, I-, I know you probably have some good stats on Jacoby Myers, so you can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he was wide receiver 24 from week 7 on. Um, he even threw two touchdown passes. He actually didn't catch a touchdown this coming season here. Um, but he was very consistent, seeing six or seven targets a game. Uh, I mean, there was one game I think he was the only targeted wide receiver. Um, I think he's still a good guy that I'm, I would buy into. Um, he's, only tw- you know, he's only 24. He's got another year with this team. Um, he could be a starter going to next season, lined up next to Julian Edelman. Um, Nikhil Harry, definitely don't want any part of it. I think at this point, he's just kind of a bust, unfortunately. Uh, Maris Bray, I think he's 28, and he's a free agent, so I don't expect him to probably really re-sign with this team, and that's the only thing I expect him to do if he does anything. Um, but the only guy I really would want is Jacoby Myers still. I and mean, again, at that point, I'm not even like 100% like I want to have Jacoby Myers on my team. I'm like, 
65% like, yeah, I'll take Jacoby Myers. Like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll spend a second or a third rounder to get him right now. Maybe yeah, more of a third. Than third round sin. Like, you want him or not? Yeah, but I'm not like I'm not like saying go go get him, but if you want to get him for cheap and see maybe if he can kind of mold with a new quarterback, I'm all about it. But for the most part, this, this offense, I really don't want to do anything a part of, to be honest, because it just doesn't bode well. I don't know who the quarterback is. I don't know what they're going to be doing here. I just I just don't like it. So I'm not really a big fan of the Patriots offense right now. So And Me last... Either. And the only point I want to make about Nikhil Harry was just, like, when we draft him in, like, fancy rookie, uh, dynasty rookie drafts, he was a first-round pick, and, like, he's not going for a first-round pick anymore. So I think that's something to be had there. Even with a poor situation. Exactly. Completely agree with you, Jibs. And then lastly, real quick, guys. Um, any faith in those rookie tight ends? Uh, Devin Ahasi or um, Dalton Keen? Dalton? Dalton Keen? That's his name. Negative. Negative. Do you want to just have them on your team? I think they're probably free agents, honestly. They might be people just to pick up and see if maybe they get more involved. Uh, Keep it peace, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devin Iassi is definitely a guy that they'll want to have because he's a very versatile tight end. Um, but I don't know what this offense is going to take next year. But these guys are something that if you just want to pick them off our free agents and hold on to them, if you're low on tight end, I'm pretty cool about it. But uh, you really don't want this Patriots offense right now, guys. It's just a, in terms of the dynasty, these don't really, really uh, bold well for their dynasty values. Anyone on this team, it's like I'm okay not it's having any side. Patriots right now. So. All right, so we're over the mark. I think, Jibs, you were right when I said, oh, we'll be under an hour, but we're probably over about an hour. About. I want the team Actually, it's about, about 107. About 107, I think it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think it's going to wrap things up, guys. Thank you all for tuning in at certain points of the show. You know, obviously, you know, if you don't want to listen live, I get it. That's why we have the recording. We're going to record and have it posted tomorrow morning for you. Um, so we thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, as always, please go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com down below if you're listening live. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. We have our Instagram at The Fantasy Coaches. We actually have TikTok we're coming up with now. Uh, I think it's Fantasy Coaches too, something like that. Uh, that might be more of an in-season thing. i got to learn how to do that. I'm old, I guess. Um, but you can figure it out for you, bro. Yeah, you can follow me, though, at Coach Stephen P. You can follow me at Hot Take Honcho, brother. Hot take honcho, brother. Um, and we'll be back live next week to do another um, AFC West with um, John B. So uh, look forward to that. And thank you guys for listening. Take care and have a good one. Bye. The back is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me. Don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh. Like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.